what up everybody welcome back to the barbershop mentality podcast god damn it i do it every fucking time <laughs> that's because that's other podcast right? <laughs> i know I, so i listened to some of your episodes and i picked up on that <laughs> <laughs> i'm sorry y'all all right welcome back to smart mentality podcast if you know what check out the barbershop mentality podcast you know it's mad funny also you know, yes, <laughs> but yeah, man, I appreciate y'all tuning in, man. Yeah, all wrestling that's what we talk about over here is, is straight wrestling and all that. So, you know, because we're big, avid pro wrestling fans, we're smarts, baby. So, yeah, I'm old damn Dell, and I got my homie JD. What's happening, dog? What's up, man? Just chilling. It's Friday. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I just wanted to say quickly, quickly, shout out. Happy birthday to my man, Odam Dell. Oh, yeah, it was his birthday. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. thriving. And JD's birthday is next week, so. Yeah. Uh, what is it? Two, Thursday, Birth- Wednesday? Uh, Wednesday, I think it's the fourth. Wait, wait, wait. The fourth is, is it Wednesday or Thursday? Tuesday. No, Tuesday is, is the second. Yeah, so Thursday. <laughs> yeah, we're at, we're at that age where, you know, this shit is just another day. Like, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, we got a special guest with us from the Overslam group. Is one of our favorite uh, wrestling um, groups because it's, it's mad civilized in there compared to a lot of other groups. Uh, yeah, it's, <laughs> the, it's the only group. It's the only group that I could see that didn't completely bash WWE and Seth Rollins when he started speaking out positively. Wasn't a hundred percent this guy. So, <laughs> it was like, you know what? It was like, it was like, oh, I kind of see where he's coming from. Like, <laughs> but oh uh, yeah, man. So shout out to my dog Kyle. How you doing, man? I'm doing good. Um, I love talking to you guys in that group. You have some of the best conversations in there, and I kind of play that heel role in that group sometimes because I feel like that group needs it. Yeah. But it's a pleasure to be on the show with you guys. I appreciate. You. I mean, yeah. He, he's been asking us for a long time, and it's our fault, you know. We we kept, uh, you know, we kept uh, messing that one up. Yeah. Uh, life happens, man. It's cool. <laughs> well, yeah. So, uh, JD, can you take it away for us? Yeah, man. So, it, you know, the wrestling landscape, especially on the WWE side, has been crazy lately. The quality has been weird. You know, you've had, you have, like, good pay-per-views, but shitty weekly shows most of the time. Mm-hmm. They're trying to find their footing. They're trying to see what's sticking. So a lot of crazy stuff has been going on. And I, I was going to start off by talking about Stomping Grounds, but just today they announced, or was it today or was it yesterday? When? That they announced what? Yeah, the, the Paul Heyman and Eric Oh, that Bischoff. was yesterday. That was, that was yesterday. yesterday. Yeah. Okay, so basically just yesterday they announced that Paul Heyman will be the new creative director on Raw and Eric Bischoff will be the new creative director on SmackDown. And this is like, you know, a lot of people were like, is this a shoot? Like, I mean, or is this kayfabe? But no, this is this is like legit, like, you know, behind the scenes. Yeah. So, you know, obviously a lot of people have opinions on that. And I figure what better way to start off by, the, you know, than talking about this. Because, you know, I, I feel like this is an interesting play by WWE in this time. So. Uh, I guess we start with you, Kyle, because you know, you're the guest. So. Sure, sure. Uh, I think it's a smart play. I think it makes the most sense going forward, especially the Bischoff signing. Um, going to Fox, having him there to talk to the executives is going to, I think, just help reassure Fox that, hey, you you should keep investing in us. We're going to be a better product. 
and Bischoff's going to be that nice balancing act between WWE and Fox Network. And Heyman, I think that's just a breath of fresh air for Raw. I think Raw is one of the most difficult shows to watch every week um, for, just because of how long it is. It's I don't think I've watched a full Raw in the last two years, if I'm being honest. Yeah. Damn. Yeah, I, 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 I blame you at all. <laughs> yeah, I, I like, yo, I'll be rough. surprised when I do. There was a, there was a, a period of time I think it was either last year or the year before. And I'm about to start doing it again where I, I didn't watch Raw. I just go to YouTube and watch somebody's 30-minute highlight tape. And it, that, that was it. And I was like, okay, this is good. I was like, <laughs> you know, and it made Raw seem better than sitting there for three hours of just like, what the hell is going on? Yeah, and the three hours don't have to be a drag. It's just the way the show is given to you. Yeah, you might as well go bash your face in the wall and call it a day. Yeah, because there's been a lot of times where it's like the, you know, the first hour we're drag, and then second hour is pretty decent, and then the third hour sucks. Or maybe they'll do something interesting in the first two hours, but then by hour three, it's so bad that it kind of fucks everything. Yeah, up or. Like the first couple of hours will suck, but then they'll have a good main event. But by the time you get to that, you're too tired and you don't really care. Yeah. So it's like they haven't been able to pace out a raw. I feel like, it, like you said, in about two years. Because I do remember there was a period of time where raw was like good, but it, it was yeah. It's been a while since. I then. think when when Jinder Mahal became champion on SmackDown, Raw was good around that time. Or maybe it was just SmackDown was bad and Raw was just better. Because uh, because before that, right when the brand split happened, SmackDown was fire. Like, I never missed the episode. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah, no. And, but Raw, for some reason, was just trash. And then, like, for a brief period, it was like, oh, okay, this is actually pretty, pretty, pretty decent. And then, uh, I don't know, man, it just became Raw again. I, I just can't do it, yo. I think the last time I remember Raw being like really good was like they they were having a tournament for something. I, I forgot which belt it was for. Or what opportunity? Maybe it was King of the Ring. Like back when they tried to bring back King of the Ring, mm-hmm. and they were doing like tournaments every week, so they would have matches, and you'd be seeing like you know those dream matchups because like that was when the the like the golden age of NXT just came up to the main roster. So like you were seeing stuff like Cesaro versus. Sami Zayn for the first time, and oh yeah, yeah, you know, I wasn't even watching it like that around that time either. Yeah, like yeah, uh, I remember, y'all was I, I was like, <laughs> uh, I was like, nah, I'm good. But yeah, that was that was a good time, you know. Yeah. And it's like we was talking about it the other day, like you know, I was like, damn man, I'm mad that I missed uh, CM Punk's entire run. And then, <laughs> and then it was like, oh shit, we was at a Raw episode with him and Daniel Bryan teamed up, <laughs> and I was like, I forgot all about that. Time is funny. <laughs> it's crazy how wrestling changes from yeah. 2011 all the way now to 2019. The landscape's so different. Yeah, but like, um, you know, going back to the Heyman and Bischoff thing, uh, I think it. You know, I was telling JD, I was like, yo, this can either be really like great or really terrible. Because, you know, I, I've seen everybody saying that it's still got to go through Vince, right? So, mm-hmm. you know, the when Paul Heyman took over in, like, the mid-early 90s, I mean, 90s, mid-early 2000s, SmackDown was fire. That's when they had Eddie Guerrero and, uh, you know, Chris Benoit and all those guys. That was Paul Heyman doing P- 
putting those guys yeah, in the spot. Paul like, Heyman was basically, yeah, he was he was basically treating it like a brand war. Like they were just like, yo, we're we're coming for you. Yeah, he was like, yo, give me these guys. And Vince was like, these guys, you know, you know, look at them. Like <laughs> so he took them and they became like they just he shot them to the moon, you know. And yeah, so, Smack SmackDown back then is that's that's the legendary run. That's SmackDown six, I think is what they called it back then yeah. with Eddie, all of them. And you hope Heyman can kind of recreate that with Raw and acts as a filter between yeah. creative and Vince. That's that's at least my hope for it. Yeah, but at yeah. the same time, that that came to an end because Paul Heyman and Vince McMahon was button heads because of creativity. So, and that's my thing. And it's like if that happens again, it's over for WWE because now they got Paul Heyman and Eric Bischoff, and they're older. And they're like, then you know, once you get older, you don't take as much shit anymore. So, my thing is, something had to happen to where Paul Heyman went through that. He, they, they, they've been trying to get him to do that shit for a minute, and he's, you know, he's been turning it down. So something had to happen for him to say, "All right, I'll do it again." You know? So, yeah. So, you wonder if the right voices got in his ear because yeah. clearly the board voted both of them in. So that's a pretty big deal in and of itself. And the fact these roles are just created for them specifically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you like, do, you know, I like part of me wants to think that they gave, or I, one of two things happened. Either they gave them a big payday or they gave them more flexible creative control because, you know, like there, there have been a lot of rumblings about, you know, WWE experimenting with more flexible creative control in some areas and possibly, you know, Paul Heyman was like, hey, look, you know, I need to be able if I want to make a call or something, you got to you got to follow me on it instead of challenging me. Mm-hmm. So, like, ho- mm-hmm. you know, hopefully that's the case. Like, I would prefer if that's the case rather than they just offered him more money. Yeah. But, uh, you know, it, it'll be interesting because, like, I feel like, um, you know, it, it, you know, the, like the, that could be something to put fire under a lot of that raw roster because the raw roster is pretty good, I would say, right yeah, now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When you look at it on paper, it's 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 a really good roster. Tag team, the uh, the top of the card, even the uh, the middle card. Yeah, it's just you know, hopefully they get used, you know, because yeah. you know we're we're still kind of dealing with the effects of the um of the what's it called the the, the wild card? card wild card rule yeah so like and you know that's kind of been hurting a lot of the mid to undercard yeah. but you know that that rule came into place because uh when roman went to to smackdown usa was kind of upset it was like why the hell we get rid of roman now our ratings are going down even more you know, you know what's funny about that actually, because I, I didn't realize this until I watched the video on it. Mm-hmm. Raw, like Roman is a SmackDown superstar, but he appeared this week on Raw, but not on SmackDown. <laughs> <laughs> There's actually a post on Reddit breaking down the last time he wrestled on SmackDown, which I guess is almost a month ago, apparently. Oh shit! What? <laughs> yeah, he hasn't wrestled on SmackDown apparently over a month, but has been on the last like six or seven Raws. Yeah consecutively so it's just wild so what's the oh. point man like, See, that, like that's but, but you know and, and that goes back to what i was just saying that's 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 usa's doing right there us you know because they're the ones that's that's upset that he went to smackdown which they're trying to uh 
I guess they're trying to keep him on Raw for uh, mm-hmm. for their ratings and stuff. Because you know SmackDown is gonna end up going to Fox, so they're like, okay, you know, we're gonna we're gonna use them as much as we can until that happens, I guess. Mm-hmm. So 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 like uh, assuming that Paul Heyman is gonna try to bring a competitive, a more fierce competitive aspect to Raw, just just mm-hmm. assuming that, like, you know, it'll be somewhat adjacent to how he did his. SmackDown run, like probably yeah. not as intense, but let's just assume that's going to be similar. What do you think Eric Bischoff is going to bring to SmackDown? Because for you know, for both of us, I would argue SmackDown has been the the more consistent of the shows. Yeah. Um, but you know, obviously, like SmackDown hasn't been amazing since you know this whole probably situation. Since, probably since um, Mania, yo. Yeah, but I mean, it's still been good. I would say, like, there's been, you know, it's been more middle thing yeah. than anything. But it's like, what, do you, like, Eric Bischoff creatively, like, I know he's kind of like, you know, he's he's responsible for some really high highs, but also some really low lows. Yeah, it's like, what do you think that he could bring to the table? Oh, hmm. I I think Bischoff gets more flack than he deserves to a degree. Mm-hmm. Like, he is partially to blame for. A lot of WCW, but not all of it. Yeah. I know people like to quote, I think it's 1999 when they lost like $80 million and they try to pin that on Bischoff. Bischoff wasn't in the company. Yeah, he wasn't. He was, yeah, yeah he, he wasn't there. That's not on him. That's that's on Turner and anyone else that from the top down. And then they kind of flex on him for his TNA run. The only reason he was brought in the TNA was to get home. Yeah, that was Hogan. Hogan. That was Hogan, and, yeah. yeah, and the only reason you thought it was bad is because that product was bad. And when the product started to uptick a little bit more, that was when he was in the creative room. So I'm hoping with him, it's production value and emphasis on making the stars matter. Like, yes, like the star power in WWE is so frustrating outside of Roman Reigns and Seth Rollins and Becky Lynch. Who else do you think is known by the Kimball's casual person? Mm. Like I mean, like I, like me and Kwame were saying, like maybe some of the black community now knows Kofi because you know they were like, oh, I heard a black guy won the WWE championship. Yeah, that's all I've been hearing. Uh, you know, all my friends. Hey, yo, I heard there's a black WWE champion now. I'm like, and like it's, it's Kofi. He's been there for eleven years. <laughs> yeah, like Kofi's been there forever, and Kofi should be a megastar at this point. Randy, and Randy. he's not. Mm-hmm. You know, but uh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it. It is very frustrating considering the level of talent. But um, you, you, I don't know. It, it'll definitely be interesting. Like I, I'm curious to see because you know we were talking about this earlier. Like there's still a lot of MIA. Like we we need to start because remember how before we had the Ronda watch. We need yeah. to have like a, we need to have like a whole bunch of different watches like the Ali watch and <laughs> the, the Kabuki Warrior watch. And you know, I, I would have said the Nakamura watch, but he just came back, so at least yeah. he's doing something. The Rusev watch, like all these people that have just been mysteriously sitting on the bench doing nothing, like you know, yeah, I, it'll be curious. All those are SmackDown people, right? Yeah, yeah, so hopefully they get some shine soon. Because you know, mm-hmm. I, I like I, 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 I was saying before, like I, I think Ali would be a perfect person to like. He he would be the one person I would be comfortable with Kofi losing the belt to, mm-hmm. like if they were 
do a good face versus face uh, storyline, but the way like they kind of just forgot about Ali after Brock happened. Yeah. So I feel like that's not gonna happen. Um, so. I don't. I don't think he's gonna. I think he's gonna flex around the the mid card for a while because I think uh, Finn is probably gonna have a feud. He's he's kind of in the feud with uh, since he's about to start a feud with Shinsuke, but I I'm not sure if he's still in it with Andrade. I don't know what the hell happened there. Well, uh, like the, the the leaked card had him versus Shinsuke and Andrade. So okay, I don't know. Okay. okay. I, I both say I think they want to make Andrade into a star as fast as they can. Yeah, yeah. Um, That's and, hard play. <laughs> yeah, and and Ali I think is the perfect example of someone who should be like a, a just a, a great baby face, but he's just kind of there in the middle and isn't used properly at yeah. times. Like I, I kind of feel the same way about him as I do or as I did for Chad Gable when he went singles, like that little period of time when they were giving him a singles push and he had that really good match against AJ. Mm-hmm. And I remember that. That was fire, yeah. Yeah, that was so good. And it's like, you know, you know, hopefully, you know, that 205 match was was kind of slept on. But either way, um, you know, hopefully he doesn't get that kind of treatment where it just gets forgotten about and thrown onto a different show. You know? But... Anyway, so like you know, I do think that it you know it's interesting considering what is going on. Like I, I think this is a good play. Like I think that you know if anything they they got to do something a little bit drastic. And I guess in the eyes of a lot of wrestling fans, this is like definitely something that nobody really saw coming. Mm-hmm. Like I think everybody was just ready. You know, th- thought that WWE was just going to keep doing what they do until they fuck up like royally but it, it looks like they're trying to be proactive to some degree so. yeah and, and I, you know i'll give them credit for that i guess because at least they're they acknowledge there's a problem you know what i mean so yeah they acknowledge something's wrong and then they say okay let's see what happens let's let's try let's try something so i'm like okay i i give you credit for that raw is still trash but i give you credit for that you know <laughs> <laughs> Um, anyway, so do, like, I, I guess you, does anyone have any opinions from you know Stomping Grounds that because Stomping Grounds was the latest pay per view that happened this past weekend, and then uh, we had Ron SmackDown and NXT obviously, um, but mm-hmm. you know Stomping Grounds, me and Kwame watched together. Did, did you get to see any of it, or did you like uh, read the results or anything? So um, I watched the Ricochet and Samojo match, um, and then I watched some highlights, and I did a little bit of reading, and I. I, I I'm just confused with Becky Lynch and what they're doing with her. Mm. Yeah, it's very, very confusing. She's, she's, <laughs> she's Seth's uh, girlfriend now. That's her story. <laughs> I, like, I feel like they're trying to play it like Seth is her boyfriend, but it, <laughs> that's not how it comes yeah. across. Like, like they're, they're in a relationship in real life. Like, if you're going to blend it, just blend it fully. Don't make yeah, it seem like, I, like, don't don't make it seem like a joke, I guess. Yeah, it's like, it's, it's I feel like they're forcing a real life storyline with us like i mean a real life like situation like you don't have to force it it's natural like <laughs> and then like and like that, like I, I think um my friend jonathan singleton like he pointed out in a group chat how it was cool when seth got beat up that becky was there they didn't pay like they didn't have to say anything mm-hmm. we know that they're in a relationship but it's like it, it didn't mess up the story but it also acknowledged that they're a thing so it's like, you know, they treated us like adults in that moment in a way. 
But yeah. then they go straight into this whole thing where now they're kind of forcing a storyline. And it's like they, they couldn't commit to one way or the other. Like, that's what frustrated me about that whole thing at the end of the pay-per-view because yeah. they were looking at each other like they were going to kiss. And he's about to grab her and kiss her and she kept... Yeah, but they <laughs> didn't, didn't do it. They just kept hugging each other like they were homies. Like, Peter yeah. Rosenberg, yo, like... That's, she she slapped them on the butt. Yeah, I'm like, come on, man. Like, if, yeah. if you're going to do it, then go all in. And I, I feel like that might have been something that someone told them to do they're just like oh go out there and be a couple all of a sudden and you know but i don't know it came off a little awkward but yeah you know it does kind of take away some of the aspect of the the man becky lynch in a way like yeah i mean you have her go out there awkwardly hug zeth and then you have her cut another bizarre promo on raw the next night like what's what's the payoff for her and what's the payout for Zeth? And it just makes no sense in terms of storyline and moving Zeth's storyline forward. Because I swear if I have to read about Baron Corbin in the main event with Zeth Rollins one more time, <laughs> I'm going to like, I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm just going to be very, continue to be very upset at the product. Just, I, think, exactly. I think Extreme Rules might be the blow off. I think this is over with. It's, it's got to be over with. It's, it's, I'm done yeah. with it also. Like It's frustrating. Yeah. It, 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 and it's like you know, and I feel bad because like Lacey's kind of in this position too, and it's like, you know, I, I feel like she she has a lot of potential, mm-hmm. but I also feel like the way like that this the storyline is going in places where it doesn't really need to go, which it, which might not necessarily be to her benefit. Like it depends, because I mean, it, it could work out for her if the matches are good or you know whatever, but. Just character-wise, it's not necessarily doing anything. It, it just hurts her in the long run, overall. And yeah. L- Lacey is one of those people I don't quite think should be in the main event just yet. No, definitely not. <laughs> I because I, so I saw her oh, about, that, almost that almost yeah. Well, that bot was bad. I almost saw her. I saw her three years ago at NXT. Oh. Um, she worked the dark match with uh, I want to say Oscar at the time, or was it Liv Morgan? Is one of the two. Um, and I'm like, okay, I see the potential. And then I see RNXT a little bit. And then all of a sudden, she's on Monday Night Raw in the main yeah. event against Becky. And I'm just like, where did you come from? Yeah. How yeah. did you get here? I'm so confused. It's, it's almost like a, an Elias thing where it's like, you know, you, you weren't really that much on NXT. But then you come to Raw and then you blow up. But with Elias, they kind of took their time a little bit more. Whereas, like, you know, with Lacey, they just kind of pushed her. Well, you know, they had her come out and be annoying, which was also dumb. Yeah, and, and Elias and they, also didn't wrestle for. Uh, well, I mean, Lacey didn't either. When you think about it, uh, yeah, it was like three weeks. <laughs> yeah, and uh, the thing with Elias is his gimmick works. Yeah, yeah, it, yeah. It, gets, yeah. It, it works with the crowd, and it makes sense. Hers is I'm a Southern Belle who uh, I, she hates ugly people. Is that the general gist of it? It's you know, or it's like if you're Nasties. not ladylike. Yeah, and, it, it's funny because like on one hand. On, like if you put on paper Becky, the the man Becky Lynch versus you know the lady like Lacey Evans, I can I can see I can see what they might have been thinking where it's like oh you have this person who is the epitome of you know feminine quality versus somebody who's like super rowdy and calls herself a man or a V man. Yeah, yeah. I, they kind of played with that story already with Charlotte, but. And then, like, uh, if you're gonna do with Lacey, make her like 
OG Triple H, make her Hunter Hearst Helmsley-esque, like that blue blood, I am too good for you type of person. Just go go full tilt with the gimmick. Don't give me this weird half-baked that, idea. That'd be hilarious. Oh, yeah, I'd be... I mean, but, you know, I, I, I still think she has potential, but, uh, the, you know, this storyline obviously isn't doing them a lot of favors, but... Yeah. I mean, but yeah, you mentioned the the ricochet match with Joe. I, I thought that was a good match as well. You, know, uh, you could clearly <laughs> you could clearly tell that Ricochet was off because of the situation that happened pre- prior to that. Yeah, you, know, <laughs> you you're aware of it, uh, Kyle, right? Like the that that leak that came out with Ricochet. I, I I caught wind of it. I didn't look too deep into it, yeah, so I can I, I can imagine he had some jitters from it. Yeah, because like you could tell. So <laughs> it was funny when we were watching it because basically every time he usually like puts out a finger, he didn't do it. <laughs> <laughs> he just didn't do it. I was like, man, this is really on this guy's head. And then like the first thing he does when he gets in the ring is he slips. So when he does the backflip, and I'm like, no. But you know, obviously he got it together in the match, and he, like the match went fine. But like you, you could kind of see it on his face that he was like, "Damn, all these people, you know, or at least half of these people saw me, you know, <laughs> finger my butthole." <laughs> <laughs> oh, and when the club came out. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Because like afterwards, when they were taking, he was taking the picture with the belt. And they wanted him to throw up the the too sweet. He, he just like he didn't want his hands anywhere in plain sight. And I was like, damn, Jay, I, I'm sorry. Yeah, but, I, I mean, that's that's funny though. There is a little bit of humor to that. Yeah, exactly. Like it's kind of like with Xavier Woods, like they had to play with his whole situation too. Yeah. Oh, that? during the rap battle. That yeah, was the fantastic. rap battle. <laughs> He's like, I ain't gonna but get I, traded I mean, like I, your boy Xavier. I, I was I was happy that they kind of gave him the you know the the NXT success rub after the match though you know all other people in the back kind of giving him the seal of approval like you know they they believe in that guy so that's good to see yeah um, um, the other match that kind of stood out I guess is the cage match um, it seemed yeah. okay from the highlights I saw. I, I just I don't think the cage match or even Hell in a Cell for that matter works in a PG WWE. Yeah, it does. Like, I, I think my main issue with modern day uh, Hell in the Cell matches, which honestly, like, if if the match is booked well enough, I don't mind the modern rule set. But the the problem I have is there's way too many ways to win, and like, I, I preferred it when it was like you have to escape. You could escape through the top or the door, I guess. And then once they added pinfall to it, it kind of felt like they. They skim, you know, it's, it's basically just like a fake hell in the cell yeah. in a way. Yeah, it, it, you're supposed to be trapped in that cage and your only way of getting out is climbing over the top or beating your person one on one in this enclosed area. Yeah. And and I remember when the hills used to uh, open up the door and let their friends out, you know, the, the, the hill mates and shit. Then all of a sudden they started adding the referee there. And letting the referee open. I wonder when they started. I forgot when they started doing it. Probably like, you know, like years ago and shit. But I hate that little aspect of it. I mean, I like the finish, but to me, this cage match wasn't, you know, it wasn't one of the best cage matches I ever seen. You know, even like we was talking about in the chat, y'all said the NXT one from this week was actually a lot better. 
Yeah, that was that was that, dope. That's a match. I I can't wait to talk about that one. That NXT. I I enjoy NXT. That's the only WWE product I watch on the regular. Yeah, no, we'll, we'll we'll definitely get to that. But like, just going back to the the Kofi one though, like you know, I, I thought like um you know generally it's solid. Like it was well worked. It was just a matter of like the yeah. I saw someone talking about how they basically they they kind of played it like it was a regular match inside of a cage, and they they didn't really use the cage in the storytelling too much. So it, it kind of went by a little slow and there was, you know, there was a lot of holds and it, it was a, re- it was just a relatively safe match. Even if it was well worked, it was just like, you know, there, there was nothing really that screamed, Oh, this was a cage match, you know, but the, the finish was great though. Like I, I think the finish was the most exciting part of it, which, you know, I feel, you know, feeling good about that. aspect. But, you know, ultimately it, was you know just from a it, it was it wasn't necessarily bad it was just kind of slow so yeah, it didn't really I, I agree with that then um, yeah, yeah that's about my take on that match it's just there yeah but um, other other than that um, I can't really think of any major matches oh the the tag match I think the tag match was the match of the night just real quick like. Um, the New Day versus uh, Daniel Bryan and Roman, I think it was. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, that, uh, the highlights from that were pretty fantastic. I think Heavy Machinery is going to like pop off and be a really fun tag team going forward. Yeah. Yeah, the, the, I like them. Like, the, like and, and Otis is getting over, like super over. So Yeah, he is. They're, they're, I think they'll be good, but yeah, just like anytime New Day is in a tag match, like you know, I, I was telling my coworker, like I feel like new if you put New Day or the Uso in a tag match, it's most likely going to be dope. And you know, I, I want to add revival to that list too, but I feel like they're still kind of working out the kinks with how they're pushing them. But I feel like they're at least using them more now, so hopefully that'll change. But. Um, but yeah, so that so that match was dope. I just wanted to address that. Other than that, you guys good on on uh, stomping grounds? Like any other? Mm, yeah, yeah, I'm good there. Yeah, I think I'm good on stomping grounds. Yeah, because like you know, when it comes to Raw and SmackDown, like there, I don't really have any highlights to talk about because this is one of those weeks where it's like I don't remember watching Raw, and I know I watched SmackDown, but. There wasn't any like major thing that I pulled from it. Like I know, um, you know, they they been you know the twenty four seven stuff was a little extra this week. Just and in terms of like, you know, essentially, kind of... SmackDown had kind of the same matches as Raw. Like I guess because you know they added that new like production thing where they're not showing uh, matches during the commercial breaks. Yeah, yeah. So you know, knowing that, it's kind of it kind of fucks with you a little bit because you know they're stopping the match, and that's when they keep saying this match will return uh, when we come back or something. This match will continue when we come back, uh, or some or they schedule a two out of three falls match, and it's like they they had like five two out of three falls matches this week, yo. Yeah, it was it was kind of annoying. Yeah. Like- what do, you, what do you think about them using two out of three falls for to, to address the commercial I, I break? I feel like there's another way. I mean, I, I, I in my like when I first when we first got the first two out of three falls, I was like, okay, cool. But then the second one, I was like, huh. 
Then the third <laughs> one, I was like, okay, these things, they fucking with me right now. <laughs> I, I think it's only going to last so long because yeah. you can only mask, you can only mask matches with that gimmick going forward. I don't know, maybe like another week. Yeah. How many times can you goof up a match? How many times can you have someone do this? And I think Vince is going to like in his head be like, hey, maybe this is a bad idea. I guess I got to go back on it, guys. Sorry. And no one will bat an eye. Because I think the word is no one appreciate no one likes that rule at the moment. You know, um, there's, there's times whenever they uh when a match is about to start and then they they pause it you know during the commercial break. Mm-hmm. I thought they was gonna do shit like that, and so because you know when we go to the live shows, um, you know it's a commercial break because they're throwing something on the on the teletron or, the, or whatever jumbotron. And, yeah. you know, before them, I mean, right, you know, the, the people come out to the ring and they'll wait. They'll sit in the ring. They'll wait. Uh, they'll show the little commercial thing stuff. And then you come back and the matches start. So I thought it was going to be like that. And I was cool with that going into it. But then when I seen how they was doing it, I was like, this is stupid. But uh, but like you said, they can, they can only do it so many times. I, to it. Like, if, if you're going to pause a match during a commercial break, do a big spot. Do, like, a suplex off the top of the turnbuckle or mm. do a fit or someone recovers and pops their finisher off. Cut to your commercial break, then come back and then pick up the match because you can have yeah. them lay flat on the mat for that, that extended put, period. Put somebody through a table or something. like Yeah. <laughs> You could have the heel do something and, like, you know, throw him out the ring and then have the heel cut a promo on the audience during the, you know, yeah. during the break. Like, I'm sure it's been done in the past in some capacity. Yeah, yeah. there's there's just ways to make it work. Stone Cold yeah. on his podcast said, uh, this was years ago, I remember him saying this because I was like, damn, I don't do that no more. But apparently, actually, uh, Kevin Owens did it this past week on Raw. A lot of people that was there said that, uh, what Stone Cold said was during the commercial breaks, uh, Hills, <coughs> if they have a match later on in the night, during the commercial break, they will come out, talk shit to the crowd, and later on, whenever they came out for the actual time to come out, they would get extra heat. So, <coughs> And they said uh, Kevin Owens did that this week. Mm. Hmm. Um, I think the two things from Raw that I'll take away from it are... While the belt is ugly, the twenty four seven championship is, for the most part, pretty entertaining. Yeah, I, yeah. I do. I I do enjoy that. I think it adds some good needed comedy to a boring ass three hour show. Yeah, and great. and while there was no Firefly Funhouse, um, in the highlights I saw, I did appreciate Mercy and Mercy the Buzzard and Abby the Witch being in the backgrounds of other people's stuff. Yeah, that was. So cool. I think that means we're getting closer to Bray Wyatt finally returning as well. Yeah, I'm very curious how they're going to play that off, too, because this is one of those things where I, f- I fear that the the, the buildup will be more entertaining than the matches. But, you know, I, I feel like they could, you know, there, there's there's definitely potential. You know, I'm excited to get back in the ring and do some stuff, you know, because you've already seen the attire and the tires is crazy. I'm. Um, I'm very excited for Bray. I think this is a good chance for him to get some good faith back. Yeah. In my in my head, I don't know if you guys you guys remember Abyss from TNA. Yes. Yeah. Um. Do you remember when he was doing that like split personality gimmick? Yeah, I think his name was like Chris or something. Y- yeah. Uh, uh. I'm hoping with Bray, you only get his weird, crazy, like monster esque thing when he does his matches, yeah. and then it's. 
Funhouse Bray the rest of the time. Mm, yeah, I yeah. agree. I, I totally 100% Actually, with you. he works with WWE now, Abyss. Yeah, yeah. Um, fun fact about that, his brother is, used to work for the same company that I worked for. Oh, that's dope. <laughs> Small world. <laughs> right? It's crazy. <laughs> But yeah, I'm I'm excited to see um to see Bray come back. Um, other than that, like I can't really think of anything like super exciting from uh, Raw or SmackDown. Like you know, they're they're still kind of meddling. They, like it's really gotten to a point where, like I th- I think this week instead, like I, I would just be playing a game and I'd just have yeah. Raw in the background and. If something appeared to be of interest, I would, you know, watch that segment and then go about doing what I was doing. Did we? Uh, did we, we mention Shinsuke? We mentioned Shinsuke coming back, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. briefly, but yeah. I guess we should. Like he, he's gonna be the one challenging. Uh, um, Finn. Finn Bal- yeah. Just- I, actually, they supposed. I think they. No, no, no. It wasn't him. Okay, but yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah, Shinsuke. I'm sorry. What I was gonna say. I think they were supposed to have a match in Tokyo, but I don't think that was what it, that's what it was. So I'm kind of happy that's not what it was, and they're going to actually have a feud. Yeah, yeah, and I, I totally agree, because I've been starving for more Nakamura stuff. And then um, they, they're kind of uh, hinting that Aleister Black will finally get his opponent, and yeah. I feel like I've been getting kind of silly just with him sitting in the room <laughs> But, um, you know, like, I think the rumor is he's going to be fighting Orton. Oh, yeah. Which I think that could be good just because, like, I, I feel like modern Randy Orton is a little bit more entertaining because of, like, because of Twitter. Like, Twitter saved Randy Orton for me. Yeah, me too. <laughs> like, Ray- like, yeah. I was going to say, Randy, Randy Orton having no chill because of Twitter is, like, the best thing ever. <laughs> it really Like, I, it was not what I expected in, you know, at all, ever. Remember when he discovered... Kendrick Lamar, like, <laughs> yeah, 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 Randy is hilarious. Facts, but um, so yeah, so that's that. Um, did did you get to, a chance to watch NXT at uh, Odell or no? Nah, but K- we can talk about it. Yeah, yeah, because I mean, I, I don't want to spoil it too much, but it's cool. It's cool. Uh, I'm, uh, you go ahead and spoil away. I'm, I'm still gonna watch it. I mean, NXT was dope as usual. Like, the, the, the main things I wanted to bring up were um, Andrade. I mean, not Andrade. Uh, Humberto, his his cousin had a match. Like, he, he's, like, one of the new guys that they signed. And, he like, he, he seems like he has a lot of potential. He, like, he has, he has a lot of personality so far. Um, and Humberto, I, I think, just as a wrestler, from what I've seen from him, like, on 205 and on NXT, like, he's really good. So, you know, if they, you know, have a similar talent pool, I would assume that, um, you know, he's going to be someone to look out for. Wait, 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 wait. You said Humberto is Alberto Dorito cousin? No, no, no. I said Humberto, his cousin. Oh. Like, so you're, talk, you're talking about Angel Garza, correct? Oh, yeah, okay. yeah that's his, okay, 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 okay. His name so, is Angel Garza. I guess. Yeah, he was fantastic in that uh, breakout tournament match. Yeah, um, like, Wild was okay, but Garza had that like charisma to the way he acted in the ring. Yeah, exactly. And like he has this whole thing where it's like he comes out in his pants, and then like midway through the match, he'll take like he'll rip the pants off. It's like those sweatpants that that come off, and he has like shorts under. Mm-hmm. But it's like he doesn't appeal to the women, and, and like 
but it's like it works because like his his personality is like really cocky so like you know i felt like it did a lot whereas like the other guy he just kind of like i know who like um what was his name before uh, uh joaquin wild and i thought his moveset was great is just he felt like insert random jobber from local area for the day it reminded me like he he came out in like the that like a fake version but his ali outfit right yeah basically but it's like it's like if you took the ali outfit and you made it look like you know a a gundam or something it was it was a lot it was too much i was like you know you could you could ease up on that that those lights but um you know, he like he he definitely didn't stand out as much outside of that weird intro. But um, so there was that, and then uh, you know, Keith Lee, he's back, which is dope. I'm a big Keith Lee fan. But that's that was my first time seeing Keith Lee, and that was pretty entertaining for just the three seconds I got to see of him. Yeah, no, if if that's the first you've seen of Keith Lee, um, I recommend go back and watch Keith Lee versus Donovan Dajakovic. It was it was from a few months ago. Okay. But that, like, you know, it was just two big men who are also very agile, and that match was crazy. And Those are the most entertaining kind of matches sometimes. Yeah, exactly. And, like, my, my friend, uh, like, a, a good friend of mine, he put me on the Keith Lee back when he was on the Indies, and, like, oh, Keith Lee entertaining guy. Oh, Joaquin Wild, he was, uh, that was DJZ. Yeah, DJZ, that's yeah. what I was thinking. Oh, yeah, I'm, yeah, I remember they changed mad niggas, like when mad people's names and stuff. So I was like, Joaquin, wow, who the hell is that? But I remember. Oh, post- he's from TNA. That's why yeah. I kind of remember him. Yeah, that's him. But- that makes so much sense now. So I, I was like, <laughs> I have a list of all the names they changed. So I got, I got to find that list because they, yeah. they, you know, they changed uh like everybody, man. I'm like, yo, I don't know who's who, like, cause uh, uh damn, what's my man's name? Um, they had the Dexter gimmick. They changed his name. Actually, his name is Dexter now. So it's like <laughs> he was in TNA also. Uh, Sam Sham you Shaw. Y'all hear me? Yeah. Wait, that's his new name? No, Samuel Shaw. He was in TNA also, and he had like oh. this gimmick that's like Dexter. But uh, he changed his name. His new name is Dexter. So it's, <laughs> it's, just, it's just funny. Yeah. That's hilarious. Uh, the tag the tag match was fantastic. I don't know if you want to cover that as well. Oh yeah, that that was um, Street Profits versus the Forgotten Sons. Forgotten Sons, yeah. Mm. Like I, I got to give the Forgotten Sons credit because like I, I legitimately did not give a crap about them, but they they've done good enough to where it's like I feel like they've kind of earned their place for what they do. I I you think know? if you like use that, them correctly, they're gonna be like that fun just asshole stable that comes in and just dicks over the match basically you know, i like that it's three of them so you always have that like x factor so yeah you know, with like, uh jackson Riker, i believe is his name yeah yeah, yeah. it's like then the, uh the ladder match that ladder match was amazing at, uh at the takeover for the tag titles yeah. oh my he gosh, came that... in he, he came in he started to fuck everybody up but then they all jumped him yeah that was exciting that was actually a really good spot <laughs> But um, but yeah, like the, the 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 cage match at the end, the main event, um, Io Shirai versus Shayna Baszler, like that, like especially coming right off of having a cage match on the main roster, 
you could kind of see a little bit of the difference in what makes the modern day cage match work versus what it doesn't work because you know you had just the right amount of high spots um you had some really good storytelling and then you know you had a pretty crazy twist at the end um but yeah what were your thoughts on that Kyle you just today right yeah I just I just watched it today because I'm a little bit behind on NXT I my first takeaway is I think the women's division in NXT is more compelling than anything going on in the main roster currently for women's for in terms of the women's wrestling. The yeah. match itself was a good example of how to use the cage, how to interact with the cage and the finish to the match and what transpires after the finish I think is like you knew it was coming but it felt so great to see that burn finally happen. Mm-hmm. Um with a uh, Io uh, finally turning heel on Candice and just laying her out in the ring with the steel chair. But oh, that's but, but about spoiler. Yeah, that is a spoiler. <laughs> um, but with, with Blazer, I, like, who takes the belt off her at this point? Because she's had a grip on that thing for yeah. over a year now. Or are we, we going yeah. on longer than that? Oh, it, it feels well, it, like a year. And it was, it's been interesting because like the, the last few title defenses have all been like skin of your teeth kind of things. Where it's like it becomes it's it, it they they build it in a way where it's always a desperate finish from Shayna where she gets like a desperate finisher or you know it'll, it'll be a case like this this cage match where she kind of wins by circumstance but um yeah I don't know because at first I was thinking it was gonna be um who did I think I, well I thought it was gonna be Dakota Kai but then she got hurt so she's been out for a long time. So that kind of took her off the plate because they like they kind of started Shayna off by destroying Dakota Kai. So I thought that would have been like her come full circle thing. But yeah, that, just, that makes sense for Dakota. So you know, unless she like, unless she comes back soon, I can't see that happening. And then I thought it was going to be you know recently I thought it was going to be Candice. I but thought it was going to be Candice also. Yeah, but I, it's hard to tell because like. They haven't really been focusing on her as a singles wrestler yet. I, I think it's going to switch to Candice. I think Candice is going to end up doing what Io can't, and that's beat beat Blazer fair and square. And then you're going to have those two go into a feud. Yeah, I could see that. Well, I, I could see either they have her fight Io first, or they'll have her fight Baszler or they might, you know, cause like NXT likes to do that three ways. So I can kind of see them mixing it up, but, um, you know, I, I'd be fine with either of those kind of outcomes just because I feel like you're going to get good matches no matter what. Um, and I, I feel like this is kind of like, you know, I feel like they're ready to bring Shayna up soon. Yeah. Like um, I heard rumors already that there was supposed to be bringing up Adam Cole and Shayna. So it's like, if they're getting ready to move up Shayna, then you're going to want to take the belt off of her by the next takeover, like within, you know, the next few months at least. Yeah, and so I looked it up. Shayna has been currently the women's champion for over 243 days, and her initial first reign was about 133, so that's why it does feel like a year at this point. Because she only lost it to Kyrie for, wait, was it Kyrie, right? Uh, yeah, I believe she lost it to uh, Ky- Kyrie. I think that's who she lost it to. Yeah, and it was only for like a month or two. Like, it wasn't a super long run or anything. So, yeah, but yeah, it's it's impressive. Like, you know, it, the I, I guess, like, 
we saw it with the Bianca Belair match that some of her title matches get a little formulaic where it's like you have, you know, the new challenger and then they, they, they kind of get the best of Shayna a little bit, but then Shayna starts working at the, the limbs and then she eventually like bucks up their arm or their leg or something. And then it, you get into a situation where she counters something into her finisher and that's that. Like that's what that's how her title defenses usually pan out. And that's you know, like the, the Bianca Belair match was a little indication of that formula where I felt like, okay, I'm kinda ready to see the next phase. But if you if we get into a three way scenario or like at least a a storyline that involves these three women, I think that could be interesting. So you know, and I'm all for it. You know, like I feel like Every time you have the, the, the new Japanese you know, person, like they try to have them as this baby face that is almost like unbeatable or like something. So it'll be interesting to have them as, you know, have EO as a heel. And, you know, she's kind of, she's a little bit more of a renegade. She, she likes to use items, you know, chair shots and stuff. So I, I think her as a heel is going to help separate her from uh, Kyrie and maybe define her character more. In terms yeah. of having a place in NXT uh, going forward, totally agree. But yeah, that that match though is just—it was fantastic. It's what you want out of a cage match, and while well, I'm excited to see who challenges uh, Shayna next, I do want that belt offer hopefully soon, so she mm-hmm. can go up to the main roster. Because I think you need to have that happen sooner than later, especially if the other two—I don't remember their names right now—that take along with her. Mm-hmm. Well, you talk about uh, Marina Shafir and Jessamine, Jessa Manduke. I always yeah. almost call her like Jesse Manduke. Yeah, I, I can never, I, I can never remember their name, and I can never remember if they've actually wrestled on NXT at all. They have, they have, they've had a couple of matches, but they kind of took stopped them from wrestling because the last few matches they had were like really bad. <laughs> like it, it, you know, you had people you know yelling you can't wrestle like and and it was kind of legit because like they were missing spots and they had some sloppy looking uh you know moves and stuff especially marina shafir like jessa jessa she's all right versus jessamine i think but whatever she's all right but marina shafir was looking rough at that time so i think they gave him some time to like hey you got to work out these kinks because you're gonna fuck everything up if you don't. Yeah, no. So it, it I don't know. It, I hope it. I hope it happens sooner than later. And I'm, I like I said, I do think the women's storytelling in NXT is drastically better versus mm-hmm. anything that happens with the women on the main roster. Like, no offense to them, it's just creative gives them some of the worst things to work with. I feel like, especially because like you know when things work, it's it's never for long. But I, you could say that I guess for anything really. But sure, like uh, it's. Like last year, we had that lightning in a bottle moment with Becky and Charlotte and stuff. But then, you know, you saw how when they had to stretch it out to Mania, they kind of started to fumble it a little bit. Yeah, but, um, and instead of letting things just like transpire naturally, when other hands get involved, it kind of ruins the nuance of it. And then my my last thing of NXT, especially from this week, is the video packages they do for new stars. Uh, I think is something the main roster is missing. Um, yes. Kushida, uh, that that video package was great. I thought that worked perfectly. It lets you know who his character is, what he's about, why he's there. And then the Adam Cole package, uh, 
was fantastic. Yeah, it, it was. <laughs> it just he, he he's doing the heel stuff, and it's it works. And you also are moving the storyline along as well while doing that video, which is fantastic. Yeah, I, lo- I love how they do that, where they can they can move along a storyline with a video package, and it's it's short and sweet, and it, like it makes it so you feel like you got to see that person as opposed to being like, yo, where did they go? You know, like yeah, you, yeah. Like, <laughs> and Nicole, yeah, and Nicole Gargano, and just be like, he's not a fighting <sighs> champion. He wouldn't go over to the UK and defend his belt doesn't get private jets. I think that's helped reestablishing babyface Gargano and making him Johnny Wrestling, the legend for NXT. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so... Anyway, so NXT's good as usual. Like, I, I, I've i been hearing a lot more, again, about 205. It's just, like, I, I kind of want to start watching 205 more. It's just... I do, too. It's, it's yeah. like still a lot of wrestling, but... If I do like completely drop Raw, I might just have to be like, you know, I'm just gonna watch 205 and NXT and watch the highlights of everything else. Because you know, I, I feel bad for sleeping on 205, especially like if people like Chad Gable are gonna yeah. be on there. Yeah, it, I think it just goes on. There's too much product, and you got to pick and choose what you want to watch. Um, like my one friend watches uh, NXT UK, and I'm just like, oh, good, good for you, man. If that's what you're into, good for you. Yeah, because like. You know, I feel bad. I'm like someone mentioned Pete Dunn, and I was like, "Damn, I haven't seen Pete Dunn in a while." And why? Because I don't watch NXT UK. Yeah, yeah and I, I like I want to see more of Walter. Walter looks like a, a unit ready to destroy people. He's doing his thing. He has himself stable, and I'm like missing yeah. all. Of it. Yeah, no, and I'm like, oh, I guess I could go back and watch it, or I can just not. Yeah, like they have a, they have like a five minute like uh, recap of the entire show, so I try to watch that every now and then. But, you know, sometimes you just burnt out. You're like, damn, like, this shit is depressing me. I, I can't even bear to watch any more wrestling right now. Like, you know, that's how that's how WWE gets you sometimes. But regardless, we will try, you know, like, this is a new era. So who, who knows what will be going on? Um, re- real quick, I, I wanted to get to this really because th- this was like a major topic. And, yeah. you know, we kind of run a little bit long. But I'm curious, in, you know, the thoughts because we, we were having debates about uh, the Twitter beef between Seth Rollins and Will Ospreay, and ultimately, um, basically, Seth Rollins went out there and he he made some comments about uh, he he believes that WWE style is the, you know or WWE wrestling is the best wrestling out there, and basically he was just kind of, he in in a weird way he was saying how proud of his company he is. And how nobody does what he does as often as he does it, as well as he does it. Um, and then Will Ospreay just made a comment. He was like, well, you know, I'm here, basically. And then Seth Rollins was getting on him, being like, yo, go sit down, little boy. You're, you're nothing. Like, who are you to say that, you know, you're on our level? You know, and then he, like, he basically was just saying, hey, look, like, everybody's talking shit about WWE, but, you know, I, I would argue that, you know, our, our stuff is just as good, you know, or just or better when you look at it. And he just got all defensive. And, it, like, on some hands, it, it could look like just the the top guy trying to defend his, his company because he's the top guy or one of the top guys. But on the other hand, 
there is a case to be made that some of the stuff he was saying is is some you know there there's merit to some of the things he's saying now like granted like personally i don't think that wwe has the best wrestling i think they have have the potential to but you know obviously like as a spectator i can't say that but from a worker standpoint i can see where he's coming from um but yeah like what were were your thoughts on those comments and like how that whole thing filled out um i guess we'll start with you kyle (laughs) okay um i to me it just sounds like rollins is being that that locker room leader going out defending his brand defending the company he works for the person who signs his check i also believe a lot of what he said is probably vince mcmahon or at least someone who is higher up the food chain Mm -hmm. um because as we all know in wwe you can't go on put people on blast on twitter like that without getting approval most of the time i think there's rare exceptions like randy orton and so on so i i do think he was just speaking from the heart partially and also getting that that verbal approval from Vince or whoever. As far as Osprey goes, good for him. Capitalize on the moment. Like, you're already a shooting star in the business. Ride, just keep on rising. Um, play the game with Seth. And clearly it sounds, because I listened to the Edge and Christian podcast today, and mm-hmm. clearly it sounds like Osprey's like, nah, we were we were just joshing. It's not a big deal. Also, Os- Osprey was on there. He, he was on the Edge and Christian show. Yeah, he was on there today. That was their guest today. And he flat out basically said it was um, it was just they're they're cool they're friends he gets Zeth's point he was just having fun with the matter yeah because like I was gonna say it too because like I know that those dudes have either worked together or or like spectated each other's matches in the past so I was like I'm pretty sure it's not like a, a super serious heated beef or whatever because most of those guys nowadays are relatively friendly like especially compared yeah. to the attitude where it's like back then like there was a lot of you know actual heat people taking shit too seriously but in this era i've i've rarely seen a case where that has been you know actual legit heat you know unless you're talking like sasha alexa which i'm still not 100 percent sure I, I don't think that's heat either i think that's just sasha's <laughs> burnt out and needs a break yeah but you know like i I, I think what it boils down to is maybe we, the fans, invest too much into it and yeah. get too, like, worked up by everything, which is the point. That is that is the point of wrestling is to get worked up. Yeah. I think uh, I think so also. I, you know, because, like, part of me was saying, yo, I, I, think they're, I think they're all homies. Because, like, everybody's homies, you know, when it comes to wrestling. Like, you know, Dean was talking about, uh, or John Moxley. Uh, I was talking about uh, when he was doing the G1, he was doing an interview for New Japan, and he said he talked to, like, Carl Anderson, who he knew since he was 18. And I was like, damn, I didn't even know the motherfuckers knew each other that long. You know, I didn't know who Carl Anderson was till like, Bullet Club came out, you know, personally. So um, <laughs> I, I think a lot of these guys do know each other. They're all cool. I think they're all just making, you know, making jokes all of them hit cody up told him congrats on double or nothing and shit so i don't think none of them really i don't think none of them really uh you know care that not 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 say care but i don't think none of them really mean any malice behind anything i yeah i i think the only time the malice came out a little bit no it's not so much malice is when kenny omega kind of sounded off i think it was wednesday or tuesday definitely frustrating (laughs) yeah and i i i get it 
you're you're creating this new thing, but you're also you carry a title in that company. You you are not just a wrestler in the company. You are an executive. You got to watch what you say on Twitter to a degree, and you got to think in the the grand scheme of things. Yeah, it sucks that Fight for the Fallen is going up against the Evolve 10th anniversary on the network now, but at the same time, it sounds like WWE had that stuff in motion, and Extreme Rules is going to be there at the same time, so why not put on the best Evolve show possible and air it on the network? Yeah. Yeah. And they're running for not like they just did it to spite, you know, the show. Like, yeah, if WWE wants to spite AEW, you'll know it, you'll see it you'll feel it. And this might seem like that, but I don't think that's the case. And I think that's why Kenny had to delete that post. And also it's, it's a little ironic because yeah, those, those Saudi shows are blood money essentially in, in WWE's pocket, mm-hmm. but AEW is not clean either. The cons have been noted to have done business with Saudi Arabia on, I think three or four separate occasions. So it's, it is what it is. I think it's just, we as fans, like I said, just get worked up. And yeah. don't know how to prioritize certain things. Yeah, I I agree. I you know yeah. I, I did some I did some homework. You know I don't really like doing research, but I was like, hold <laughs> on, I was like, let me let me check and see if this show was advertised before Wednesday, right? And I went to Evolve's Twitter account. They've been talking about this show since like February March, so it just got put on the network. But WWE's been talking about putting stuff on the network since 2017. Yeah, it's it's been coming for a while. <laughs> so you it, know, and, and I think you was the one that posted that about uh, extreme rules was. Yeah, I, I think I shared that information, and then I don't know when Fight for the Fallen was announced. I feel like it was announced at the uh, the second at Double or Nothing. I feel like that's when it got announced, but I could be wrong on that. Well, they announced that there was a charity show at the initial uh, press conference back in January. They said it was a charity show, and I believe they said Jacksonville, but they didn't say a date. Okay. And, and so they said a charity show for gun violence in Jacksonville because that's where the – well, it happened in Orlando, I think, the shooting and stuff. So um, – but then I guess the date got announced later on. So, yeah. And, and you know, it's crazy. I don't know. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like I said, and I, like I said in the group, man, I don't I don't have sympathy for Kenny because uh, Kenny Kenny Omega is one of my favorites. You know, that's my dog. You know, yeah. But I don't have sympathy in this part because of you know around WrestleMania, everybody has a show the same day as NXT in the same city as NXT. Yeah, and, and it's like. Yeah, I mean, if you if if you want to make money, why you better be running a show? Like, yeah. I respect I respect AEW for saying they're not going to run a show at WrestleMania, but yeah. I feel like you're lying to yourself if you're not going to try and get a slice of that money that's going to be there. And I, I think it's all fun and games taking shots at each other, like the Hall of Fame joke or a double or nothing with Cody blowing up Triple H's chair. But the moment player two enters into the game, it's it's real and yeah yeah, and player player two is ready player two is clearly ready Mm -hmm. you saw that this week with bischoff and Heyman being announced that's player two ready to go and i think the the word on the street with the smackdown show going to fox is fox wants that to look like the most crisp professional thing ever just so aew looks like a minor league show um (laughs) like fox 
Fox is literally, I guess, given the directive, they're going to test two new cameras that they've been developing for sports um, on SmackDown. And they want SmackDown to look like one of the most beautiful sporting events ever. I will say the best way to watch football is on Fox. I I do agree with that. You know, I, I love watching NFL Sunday on Fox because they were the first ones to put it in HD, first of all. <laughs> so it, it just made it just made it look so much better, and I guess they they're starting to upgrade their cameras and stuff like like you said they're about to test one on SmackDown I guess. But, yeah, um, uh, in the fall. Yeah, so they've always they've always, Fox has always been ahead of the curve on the football side or whatever. So and I, yeah, so the, that's that's the goal is players they're gonna make AEW look like a minor league in different ways that maybe we won't notice right away. Okay. Mm-hmm. Interesting. I mean, that, that's that's exciting. I mean, that's fighting words. They said they wanted to look like a minor league. Yeah, that's that's the. I'll I'll post the article in the group um, when I when I when we get off the show um, because it was a funny read. I'm just like, oh, that's a interesting comment from both Fox and WWE. <laughs> that's that's funny. Like the hell, that's like funny. they really about to go to war. I'm here for yeah. it. <laughs> for all the exactly like for all the, the the craziness that's been going on and the inconsistency, I'm I'm still excited. You know that's makes for good talking points and just to see who's going to do what and how they're going to respond and whatnot. And you know ultimately, yeah. like like uh, going back to some of the like the beef and the way that the the internet has handled it and stuff like you know I, I I'm proud of Overslam at least for having a, a good amount of debate on the topic instead of just being like. You know, bashing stuff, bashing WWE and stuff, because like I do feel like we're we're at a really hostile time for WWE, where people are so willing to jump on the the AEW bandwagon and <laughs> you know the the WWE is trash bandwagon. And granted, yeah, WWE is kind of trash right now, like you know, all things considered. However, I think it's also a little like you know you you can't just automatically just jump on one band bandwagon yeah no i it's i guess the best way so i i live in cleveland and my biggest like takeaway is how many browns bandwagoners we've gotten in (laughs) in the last year oh yeah i got odell yeah i i like i I know this dude out in um texas and he's like yeah man go browns and i'm like what go browns (laughs) i'm like you're in houston why are you what are we talking about here we talking about Deshaun? No. So yeah, the, like it's kind of the same thing in wrestling. Um, WWE's been the big kid on the block. New shiny toy shows up. Let's go play with that big kid. Who cares? And I will say, Overslam is one of the more civil groups we're in. R slash squared circle on Reddit is one of the most hostile environments I'm Yo, in right got, now. We got roasted in there. Um, I got I got banned for a day. Uh, <laughs> I had to like reach out to one of the other mods. I'm like, hey, uh, someone banned me. All I did was make a comment about WWE, and maybe we should tone it down on the angriness. <laughs> and so yeah, it's just, it's just wild. And you hope that going forward, everyone kind of harmonizes and gets along and can just enjoy the competition. Because the way I look at it, WWE is a fast food joint but they don't want to be a fast food joint anymore. They want to be like that Chipotle or five guys type version, like <laughs> a, li- a little more hip and a little more cool. Mm-hmm. And I, I like AEW. Like, like I, I like, yeah, <laughs> they, they, wanna, they, they don't want to be like that low brow anymore. And I get that. And 
with AEW, I enjoy what I see, but at the same time, when I when I watch Double or Nothing, I'm like, man, am I am I watching WCW again? Because I got some strong vibes here, and I don't know how I feel about that. And then at the same yeah, because like W or nothing was dope, but then like people, you know, there there was a lot of people I saw that you know were not an overslam, just in general, like oh W or nothing is the best wrestling I've ever seen, blah blah blah. But I was like, are you sure? And then and then like (laughs) a week later, like NXT put on one of their best takeovers, and I was like, and that's WWE. And it's like, granted, it is NXT, which is still, you know, they're, they're still the NXT versus Raw. It's, it's still WWE, though, is the thing. WWE. So it's like, you can't write them off 100%. And I think that's that's the, the point that I'm trying to make, where it's like, there's there's still a hundred, uh, there's still a lot of potential for that's what WWE to, to make about. a turnaround. Uh, I heard that, uh, I don't, I'm not sure how true this is, but I heard that Triple H was offered SmackDown. But he didn't want to juggle SmackDown and NXT. But uh, I think personally that because, you know, as soon as the football season, NFL season is over, XFL starts. But they got to kick that off during the NFL season, you know, because they got to start getting they, – they got the teams, but they don't have players. So they got to start getting uh, combines and all that stuff going. Uh what you call it? So I think Vince is going to go to XFL and Triple H is going to take over. I, so I don't know. Maybe not. Maybe, maybe not. I don't know. But I mean, I'm a, I could see him and Stephanie doing it. Yeah. But it, it'll be interesting. I mean, it, I can't see Vince juggling all of that unless he wants a disaster. <laughs> yeah. It, it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. And I think that's why you have the Bischoff and the Heyman positions. Yeah. Because Triple H is also in charge of talent and talent relations, I think, and acquiring new talent. So maybe, maybe taking maybe him not juggling SmackDown is a good thing in the long term, and him focusing on what's coming into the pipeline with NXT, yeah. getting it ready, and then you have secure hands of Bischoff and Heyman. Because the one thing I did read of those two is they're like the Triple H's of NXT. That's their de facto type role. So you're hoping the product shapes out like NXT has based on their visions for the product. Uh-huh. Okay. That makes sense. Um, so yeah, it, it's just, it's a wild time. I think it's, it's a good time to be a wrestling fan. You get a lot of quality matches, hopefully going forward and you get yeah. some unique headlines every day. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's crazy. Uh, this week it was so many headlines happened this one week. <laughs> like that's, that's why I was like, yo, we got to record this week because like a lot of stuff happened. <laughs> so you know, hopefully they keep giving us more stuff to talk about. I mean, we're we're basically done. I mean, the last thing that's going on, I know we got Fighter Fest is tomorrow night, and uh, Fighter Fest is basically so so they so um, there's a fighting game tournament called CEO, and CEO is basically. Uh, it's a fighting game tournament that has a wrestling theme to it. So all of the, the 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 games, like when you get first place or whatever, you get a title belt. They they do the top eight in a wrestling ring, and it's you know some you know, people come out to entrances and stuff like that. So it's it's very wrestling based. And last year, for the first time, they had uh, an event, a wrestling event tied to um, the event, and and it basically was just like a whole bunch of um, I want to say Ring of Honor matches and they, like they, but Kenny it was, Omega it was, was New Japan, or it was New Japan. That's yeah. what it was. 
So this year it's AEW. They're having Fighter Fest there, which is basically their next event after Double or Nothing. And I guess they're, they're I didn't know they were going to try to build it as their next major event, but it seems like they are. Um, so, like I, I, you know, I'm interested to see how that's going to shape up because you know it has been a while since uh, Double or Nothing happened. But they, you know, they have they have some interesting stuff. It it does kind of look mostly like a, a a light card on on you know in general. But you know, there's at least you still got some exhibition matches to go. Yeah, and, uh, I, I so I've got the card up. If you guys want to hear what it is, yeah, um, yeah, I'll skip I'll skip the buy-in stuff. Uh, those are the two. They're two like promo per not promo, but kickoff show matches, and we'll go straight to the main fight. Um, so we've got a three-way match with um, two of the Japanese wrestlers, uh, Yuka, Sasaki, and Rio versus Nyla Rose. Um, mm-hmm. Then you have Christopher Daniels versus Sima. Sima? I might be saying that wrong. And mm-hmm. then you go to Adam Page versus Jimmy Havoc versus Jungle Boy versus MFJ or MJF. So I think that'll be a pretty solid match. Um, you have John Moxley versus Joey Janela in an unsanctioned match. And then you have the Elite versus the Lucha Brothers. Um, so that should be pretty solid. And then Cody versus Darby Allen. I don't know who that is. And then a hardcore match with two people I've actually never heard of. Which looks like it's supposed to be on the promo show, too. Because there's a P next to oh, it. Yeah. So so Mike Nakazawa, he's the guy who was on the shirt. And we were like, yo, yeah. who is this guy? Yeah. <laughs> okay, okay. And then Alex Jabelli, he's the guy that runs CEO. Oh, that's awesome. So- so, uh, so basically, like he's a he's a fighting game guy that you know he's in the physical fitness and he's a big wrestling fan and that's kind of why he tied the wrestling uh, aspect into the event. But he's he's kind of a clown and he he's had like some like uh, slight t- uh, things going on just in the wrestling space, like on indie shows and stuff like that before. But you know he's cool with Kenny Omega and them. So I'm sure like this match is going to be just kind of like. A bunch of shenanigans like i don't necessarily think it's going to be anything like you know from a work rate level it's going to be crazy or anything but it'll be fun for me to watch at least because you know just knowing who jabali is and watching him try to have a wrestling match like that's going to be funny um like the main thing with jabali is like he's, he's very cocky so he you know like he so do you know that game dive kick by any chance dive yeah kick. no yeah, yeah d- d- dive so, kick's fantastic so Jabali's a character in Dive Kick, and like his whole thing is like his head gets bigger at the end of every round. <laughs> oh, that's him. Oh, yeah. that's, that's okay. fantastic. I remember we so were playing like, at your crew. Yeah, yeah. So you remember, like, so that that's his whole thing. Where it's like he gets like super cocky. So that's Jabali. So <laughs> now you have some some reference to go off of at least. So. No, that okay. So that's that, that makes the match more interesting for me now. Hearing that, so that's yeah, that's awesome. But but yeah, Fighter Fest looks fine. It looks like an all right card. Like you said, it's light. Um, I think it's weird they're pushing it as a major event for them. It's that that feels a little off. Um, I, I, to me, honestly, it feels like a way to kill two birds with one stone because I feel like it, you know it's mostly just exhibition matches featuring AEW, mm-hmm. but a way for them to get their brand out there in the interim between now and um what's the next one all in yeah. uh all, all out all out yeah yeah, yeah that's a, that's in august so that's a it's close it's gonna be soon it's a couple months away so so this is just filler between then so like this is there like it's, it's like a like i said it's two birds and one stone situation yeah, yeah. and 
And then they're going to be doing their TV show soon after that, I feel like. Yeah, Yeah, TV show is September, October. I can't remember. I I have so many concerns about that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, I just wanted to hear your concerns. Oh, yeah. uh, I want to know how they're going to fill out a weekly show. How are you going to write it? How are you going to make the matches matter, especially when you're trying to blend that realism? And that's kind of why I feel like that Eric Bischoff would have been the perfect person for AEW. I know on paper it doesn't make sense, but when you think about it, it kind of does. So, and he also has that, that that Turner connection. So I'm just I'm concerned with the weekly show, and I hope it comes together in the end. So we'll see. I I totally agree because like the the weekly show thing. Like, I know a lot of people are kind of hinging on that, but at the same time, like, it's, it's not necessarily the easiest thing to pull off. Yeah, so. and especially how their, their deal with TNT is laid out. Um, I believe TNT pays for most of the production, and, and in terms of how AEW makes money off of the, t- the TV rights, it's based on, I think, a percentage of ad revenue. I'll have to go back and look at it, but it, it, the TV show is, needs to be a success for them, I think, to make money off of it going forward. Okay. <laughs> yeah, so... It'll be interesting. And I think that they just said today that uh, SmackDown, the, the week that SmackDown goes to Fox is the same week that AEW pre- premieres. Oh, wow. Yo, so that you know what? Hilarious. That, <laughs> that, that makes sense because uh, that SmackDown is supposed to be in the Staples Center. And in that report, oh, I got to post that report in the group now, is uh, Fox also wants to have a bunch of stars there. They want it to look like a major boxing event type of feel. Uh-huh. Okay. It's gonna be interesting. And like I, I don't know if they're gonna be the oh, same. Oh shit. Remember, okay. Um they was in the Staples Center, I wanna say last year, right? Um mm-hmm. was it last year or the year before? I know it was when they were shipping uh when they was trying to sell SmackDown. They had like Colin Coward and like a lot of people from FS one in the uh in the arena. So damn, that makes sense. Okay. Yeah. It's crazy. Like, like you said, it's exciting times. Like, you know, I, I'm very curious to see where everything's going to go. And, like, granted, you know, we're, we, we still got to sit through or we don't have to, but yeah. we still got to <laughs> smack down. Every I was going to say, I don't, I don't have to sit through anything. <laughs> you know, be like, I'm at that point where it's like, I don't, I don't think I have to either. Well, you, don't want, you don't, you don't want to see Shane McMahon and Drew out there every week? Uh, yeah. No. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I agree. I, I still feel like we're at the we're we're in an exciting time where things are ramping up to change in a dramatic way. Um, so hopefully, you know, like I'm not I'm not necessarily sure when the creative changes will 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 start to see in, uh, the effects of those. Like, is is there supposed to be like some kind of turnaround, like between? The, uh, with with Bischoff and Heyman, it, the, yeah. So the writing that I've read on it is, it's gonna slowly take effect. Um, their since their positions are official, they're in power now. Um, so you'll slowly start to see little things happen. But they're hoping by the time SmackDown launches in, uh, I think it's like whatever that is, um, they'll be in full force by then. Yeah. So I mean, that's good at least. So. I guess we'll start to see all of that stuff start to come into into effect over the next couple of months, like between, you know, like, because I've already seen the, the card for Extreme Rules, like, when we saw the, you know, you got the three-way between Finn and 
Andrade and uh, Nakamura, like just on paper, like that sounds amazing. Like there, I feel like that match has to be good on paper. And then you got like, like the Usos versus the Revival. That sounds like it's going to be great because, like I said, you know, you got the Revival, you got the Usos. That's going to be like hopefully that'll be a great match to watch. Um, and there, there was another really interesting looking match on there too. Uh, oh yeah, the, the just um, it was AJ versus Ricochet, which. Obviously, that looks good. So, like, I, I doubt that this has anything to do with the creative, but I feel like that the you're giving them something to work towards, and I feel like they can make that kind of stuff work. So, yeah, yeah no, um, that's that's pretty spot on. Yeah. So, any, I don't know. I'm I'm excited, but uh, yeah. So we we've run long, obviously, <laughs> but it, uh, definitely we 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 covered basically all the topics that we were trying to get to. So. You guys have anything in particular that you wanted to get to outside uh, of it? No. Um, just want to say thank you guys again for having me on here. This, is, this has been fun. It's nice to have like a fun a, a fun conversation about wrestling. Yeah, yeah for sure. Man. Yeah. I'd have you back on. Yeah, no, I uh, definitely would love to be back on as long as schedules align accordingly and <laughs> none of us are hungover coming on in. Yeah, yeah. see, look, I'm feeling a lot better, man, but you know... <laughs> <laughs> I got these crackers over here. Like, <laughs> <laughs> what you need sometimes, you just gotta yeah. dry it up. <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah, for sure. Like, we're we're gonna try to have some more people from the group on in, in the future. Um, you know, hopefully there'll there'll be more stuff to talk about. Uh, that's worth talking about. So you know, we'll see, we'll see. But um, yeah, you good, call me. You good yeah. on your end? No, I'm good. I'm good. All right. So All right, I guess yeah. we done. So, yeah, again, Kyle, we appreciate you coming on with us. Um, yeah, definitely. For my man's JD, this old damn Dell. And we see y'all yep. again. This is Smart Mentality Podcast. Peace out. <laughs>